Welcome back to BrakeCheck, your source for automotive knowledge from the Northwest School. Today we have a very interesting topic that is kind of a topic near and dear to my heart. As an automotive photographer, I use these platforms a lot to kind of connect with my uh, supporters and as well as clients. And we are talking about social media in the car scene. So from Instagram to Facebook, as well as special boutique apps that have been created by the car community for the car community to showcase off their rides. Just kind of kick it off, Sage and Lewis. What do you think of this? Some of you listeners may know that I'm also a car photographer and I like to post stuff on Instagram. That's also how I connect with clients, like Merrick was saying. I reach out to people on Instagram or they reach out to me through DMs. It's kind of just how I how I share my content and how I make more content. There are countless other people like that on Instagram. There are probably people like that on Facebook too. I'm not on Facebook, but Facebook has some big car groups on there too. And Merrick mentioned apps specifically for the car community and from the car community. And there's one that I used to use a lot. I don't use it as much anymore, but it's called Car Meets. And it's actually founded by a guy who mainly lives in the Seattle area. And he, you may have heard of him. His name is Mark Wing, and he has a very famous R34 Skyline GTR. He founded that app. Its main purpose is for, or its original purpose, and the name is for sharing car meets that are happening and when when and where and all the specifics of the car meet but it's also kind of like Instagram for cars you can post anything not just about car meets and there's different groups that you can post to I think Merrick knows more about it so I'll let him explain some too yeah the main premise of the app is basically a combination of Facebook and Instagram but for car people they have a couple features a drive feature where you can go on a drive with other people and it shows you on a map I mean if you're familiar with snapchat it's like snap maps but for cars so you can kind of see people driving around and you can see people going to car meets and then you can also create a meet and bring a vehicle to that meet so it shows up like a facebook event and then you can say i'm going to take this car and you can put pictures of your car and it shows that you're bringing that car and another cool thing that's really unique is you can say what exact mods are on your car as well so people can go look at your car see how much horsepower it has what mods are on it you can even upload a sound clip of your exhaust so it's basically like a virtual car show at this point and i think apps like these are popping up and they're really cool and really unique and helpful in the car community and another interesting feature of this app is you can actually get a qr code for your car so people can scan that qr code at the meet and then it takes you to the car meet profile of that car so you can read all about it so yeah car meets is one of these great apps to use like sagey i am most active on instagram it's where I think it's probably the best photo sharing service for photographers. You know, it's really easy for people to kind of see your work. I've basically created a portfolio on my Instagram account, Kirkland Exotics, where if you're interested in what I do, you just go look at all my posts and you see all of my content. 
like Sagey, I also reach out to people. People reach out to me. It's really a good platform. But I find that the younger audience tend to use Instagram more. Age ranges from like 18 to people in their 30s, sometimes 40s and 50s. But a lot of the older generation like to use Facebook. So I think it's also good to have a strong presence on that platform as well, because then you kind of get an entire demographic. and It's not just a limited set of people. And that can be really helpful when you're trying to grow a small business like a photographer. I have a car Instagram as well, because I have a car detailing business that I started in sixth grade with my friend Jack Nims. That's called Hassle-Free Cars. But a lot of times we use that page to promote cars that we are selling as well as some of our work from the cars that we've detailed. And that page has, it used to be quite popular and I was very consistent. But a lot of these Instagrams, the most successful automotive Instagrams are the ones that, in my mind, are the most consistent. So they're posting regularly. And this also kind of ties into another area of my life that I'm really interested in, which is health and wellness. And with a lot of fitness instructors, such as instructors that work at SoulCycle or Barry's Bootcamp, they're quite consistent with their postings and they have these almost cult-like followings and they're able to develop their Instagram personas as to where they're able to communicate their desires and also their goals, aspirations, and where they're headed to their audience. For example, there's an instructor I follow named Ken Ackman and he does Instagram lives pretty much daily and he has around 70,000 followers. He's a Lululemon ambassador and Nike master trainer. And he's post, he posts so consistently and he posts or he stories. That's a big feature that is on Instagram. He will story a specific event or if someone tags him, he'll always repost that just to show that people are thinking of him. And he is an integral component of not just his space, but also in the space that he embodies or is creating for those around him. Stories is a modern feature that was added to Instagram in the last two years or so. And I think it's really an integral part of Instagram, honestly. Lewis brought up a valid point that stories are from Snapchat. Snapchat was one of the first software, social media softwares to do this. So if you're not familiar with what this is, it's just a little, basically a picture that you will go on your account for only 24 hours and then it disappears. So only people can see it for 24 hours. It's not a permanent post or anything. So it started on Snapchat and then the Facebook group picked it up and put it on Facebook and Instagram. And now even Twitter has a version of it called Fleet. Car meets often originate on Instagram and usually stories, people will post like, hey, we're going to meet this parking lot this time on, on their story. And then people screenshot it, put it on their story, and then the word gets spread out to the community. So that's a great way to kind of let people know what's happening. Another feature that I recently used on my Instagram is the Q&A feature. And that's a great way to connect with your audience and see what your followers think of you and what they want to know about you. So I got a lot of cool questions about what my favorite cars are, what my favorite pictures I've taken are, like the bet, the coolest cars I've ever seen in Washington. And I mean, some people know that I love Mercedes and they ask me really in-depth questions, like what's what commonly goes wrong, wrong on this certain year of Mercedes. So it's really helpful just to connect with your audience. And also from an audience point of view, it, you get to be a part of this person's life and kind of get on their level and understand what their motive is. And it really just kind of wraps everyone together. And it's it's just a, it's a great bonding tool. If you want to go check out any of the things we're talking about here, Lewis will link our Instagrams in the description. I actually have two car Instagrams because long story short, I got locked out of it and then I got back in. 
after making a new one. So blurred underscore cars is not really active anymore, but it will be once I get a car. I'm saving. That's going to be a, an account for my car once I get a car. I want to add on to that. Both Seiji and Merrick are popping off in the Instagram world. Seiji with his two accounts. I'm kind of funny. I have this account called Life with Lou. And if you're an OG and, and you submit a follow request, I'll let you follow it. But it's my spam account, which is pretty funny. And so these days, it's not uncommon for people to have more than one Instagram account, which is something that was kind of unheard of, I think, a few years ago. But people have Finstas, which is fun Instas or spam Instagrams. So there's a lot of different things on the Instagram platform that people are taking advantage of and have really developed interest in. Yeah, for sure. One thing I want to shift gears and focus on, I had a wonderful opportunity to go to California to check out the school that I got into, which next year I'll be going to Claremont McKenna College. And I spent a lot of time there with my mom over the course of four days. And we had a unique rental car experience we were booked at a economy car at budget. And what ended up happening is after we waited in the line, the rental car line for an hour, because LAX is a, in some cases, a wonderful airport to fly into because it's the gateway to the rest of the world. But it can also be such a mess, especially when you're picking up a rental car. And so when we got to the front of the rental car line, or I should say to the counter, there are a lot of people who are really pissed off and had been sitting outside in the sun and were really hot. And so everyone was kind of being rude to the rental car agent. But what we ended up doing is we went from an economy car, which is kind of like a Toyota Yaris or similar, something that was not very good. And we upgraded to a Ford Mustang convertible. It was a silver one. And it had the four liter, or I'm sorry, it had a four cylinder engine, which, you know, it actually wasn't that bad. It had a 10 speed automatic transmission, which shifted through gears really quick. I'm not sure if that one's dual clutch, but I wouldn't be surprised because it was so fast with the way it shifted. And we snagged that upgrade for, I asked them if we could do a complimentary upgrade. They said no, but they're like, I can offer you the upgrade for about $40 a day. And we negotiated down, we got it down to around $28 a day, which was perfect because our economy car rate was really cheap. And only adding an additional $28 a day to enjoy a rental car in Southern California when you're checking out schools, such as Claremont McKenna College, or if you're cruising down on Santa Monica or on Rodeo Drive and you're doing some car spotting, that can be something that's awesome. And long story short, short it was a great trip. We had fun. We went to Mel's Drive-In, Rodeo Drive. We saw, I saw a Lamborghini Urus, a few Ferraris. We stayed at a really cool hotel where they had Rolls Royce and a Rolls Royce and two Ferraris that were consistently being valeted. So it was a great trip. And that just goes to show that for renting a car from budget, that that's something that you can do. And the last thing I want to add before I hand the mic over to Merrick is we were so silly. We didn't realize this, but if you have a budget fast break number, or if you have gold status with Hertz or another one of those rental car companies, it's like a frequent flyer program. If you have any of those numbers and many of these big locations such as LAX, you can completely cut the line and go to the, say, the fast break section and they'll have an aisle of cars that you can choose from. So like aisle two will be midsize, aisle three will be full size. And you can pick any of those cars in those lines if you have, say, a budget fast break number, which we had a budget fast break number because I'm always trying to find points and get a good deal but we didn't take advantage of it. So when we got to the rental car lot, 
when we got to the rental car counter, the lady was laughing at us because she's like, oh my gosh, you guys could have saved an hour and a half sitting in this line because you have your fast break. And she's like, this is how it works. And make sure you take, make sure you take advantage of that in the future. So just want to put that out there for anyone who may be flying in and out of LAX or another big metropolitan airport. That's a really good cheat code, if I will. And good thing to have, honestly, a lot of these rental car programs have all these little gimmicks to get you to pay more money but that's that's a smart one to have i think that's that's because some of these lines can just be crazy and the fact that you have the choice to choose whatever is in the line is really nice especially for a car enthusiast like me where i I would prefer some brands over the over others so that's definitely a really good thing to have another thing i am incredibly jealous that lewis got to car spot on rodeo drive if you don't know what that is that is like a famous street in um beverly hills where they have a bunch of boutique shops and at night you can commonly find very rare lamborghinis ferraris sometimes bugattis that kind of cool exotic stuff so that's my type of thing and as a photographer car spotter it's my dream to be able to go there and just spend a night taking photos of whatever is on the strip so i'm very jealous and people will give a lot of hate towards the four-cylinder mustangs but because they, they make v8s in those cars and you know you can get like top trim shelby gt500 which we've, we've mentioned before with 760 horsepower but these four-cylinder mustangs are honestly just as good and they're a lot lighter and they do handle really well uh in the corners is what i found so it's not not a bad car in the end and lewis asked if it was a 10 speed dual clutch it's actually a single clutch but it does shift very fast because it's a 10 speed the gear ratios are very short so gears aren't that far from each other so it's very easy for the car to go from one gear to another like merrick said these four-cylinder mustangs are a steal they're they start around thirty-two thousand, thirty-seven thousand dollars for the ecoboost premium convertible great gas mileage which was funny enough we averaged close to i think it, it's rated at 20 city 28 highway but it was a great experience and i to add on not to make merrick feel jealous but i just wanted to put in perspective that it was a great trip to be able to do but American Sage U2 did not actually miss that much because it was funny. We went there on a Saturday night, which you think that it would just be that the car scene would be popping off. But the Beverly Hills Police Department has installed these new cameras on Rodeo Drive at every corner. And from what I heard, it seems like they are riding and just based on the way that the, the cameras looked and the full extent of the technology that was available, it appears that they are writing tickets for people that are cruising by and revving their engines. So I think from based on what that looked like, Rodeo Drive was silent, which if you look at daily driven exotic videos and a lot of the Rodeo Drive's video on, videos on YouTube, maybe during COVID that could have changed things, but it, Rodeo Drive was not reflective of what it was when I was last in California three years ago on a Saturday night. I remember then in 2018, things were a lot different. Yeah, that's really sad and very interesting. That's something I didn't know. And as someone who used to watch a lot of those F-Spot, Daily Driven Exotics videos where they would just camp out on, on the drive waiting for cars, that's really interesting. I do know that people still go there, and I bet you could probably just cruise through and not make an, any ruckus and they'd be completely fine. But there's definitely other places in L.A. to show off their cars. 
And this actually brings brings me to a point I wanted to bring up. We were talking about my Q&A poll earlier on my stories. And one of my followers brought up a good question, which was, there's so much money in Washington. Why don't we have as many rare hypercars and supercars as Beverly Hills and Los Angeles? And the answer might surprise you. Yes, there's a lot more money there compared to here. Different types of money, I might say. But really, it comes down to culture. With Rodeo Drive being an integral part of car culture in Beverly Hills, there's a place where you can go and show off your cars and flex on people. We don't have places like that here. Owners aren't really as keen uh, to like go around and flex their car. They would rather put it in a private collection where it doesn't collect miles and only bring it out for certain events so that certain people can see these cars. So it's a lot more of a private circle. So you may be like, why don't I see these crazy LaFerraris or Paganis like on the roads in Seattle? Well, the answer is that there are those cars here. There's just not a culture around them. And you might see them if you look hard enough. I would 100% agree with that and that. Washington State's a little bit different than some of these other states that have more of a car culture, such as if you look at Michigan or if you look at Connecticut and California, those are a lot different. But one thing that's kind of interesting in Washington, I wish that there was more of a car scene in certain situations, because if you look like if you look at California and look at other places, some of our speeding laws in Washington are a little bit more on the lenient side. You can take you can take tickets to traffic court and if they'll offer to waive the charges if you go to traffic school which you can do online so our washington state patrol here is i found them to be very professional whenever i've interacted with them and i think washington state and the pacific northwest in general is still one of those hidden gems so hopefully we can potentially keep it like that for a little bit longer but with amazon and a lot of these other places that we've talked about on our previous podcasts you can see that the seattle area is becoming more and more not just I would say busy, but there's a consolidation of a lot of different tech people. So from that, we could potentially see a few more high performance cars in the area soon. Yeah. Going off of what Lewis said, with the arrival of these large companies, um, this era that we know of where we kind of have more lenient laws considering car meets and modified cars and that kind of stuff is coming to a close. There are a lot of groups that generally congregate in South Seattle that their main premise is to drift around on the street and have drag races. And what they basically do is they buy cars as cheap as they can and run them to the ground. And that's their way of car culture. Unfortunately, that is very detrimental to people like me who enjoy what we call park and chill meets where you just show up to a parking garage and you look at cars and take photos and talk to your friends. This is a lot more driving, reckless driving, endangerment. There's a lot more of that involved. And they have been coming into Seattle and drifting like in front of the Space Needle. You might have seen that on the news recently. A car got flipped over by a bunch of people that were standing by watching the sideshow, which is what it's called, where you do donuts in the intersection. So a lot of this is really getting out of hand, and the police don't know who to target. They just see a modified car, and they assume that they are involved. So it's ruining the fun for a lot of people that enjoy having these fancy cars, but are just getting pulled over because the police assume that they are participating in reckless activities when 
they are not, or there's no way of telling. So unfortunately, this era of kind of enjoying the car scene to its fullest is coming to a close, but I'm sure we're going to find new ways to enjoy cars in the future. I 100% agree with that. I also want to add on to, I've seen what Merrick is talking about firsthand. Right now with the West Seattle Bridge closed, there's a detour on West Marginal Way, which adds an additional 20 to 25 minutes each time you exit West Seattle. But we've seen, or as you sometimes do when you're Lewis and you're hanging out with friends after you've had your COVID vaccine, the first one, and you've had a negative COVID test and everyone else has tested negative and you have your little bubble. <laughs> Just trying to put that out there because I'm not trying to be irresponsible. You sometimes hang out with uh, select friends in the evening on a Friday night. And then when 2 a.m. rolls around, you go on a little bit of a drive because you're a night owl. And I uh, came home one evening after hanging out with my friend and I decided that, you know, I need to get some gas because my car is low on gas. And so it was 2 a.m. and I was driving down a West Marginal Way and there ended up being street racing that I got to watch. And so they held up a bunch of cars. They were holding up traffic. And then they would send, say, a Dodge Challenger and a Corvette side-by-side and kind of drag race. Well, it was 2 a.m. at that point. I was like, this isn't that cool. So luckily, the event got shut down after that. And I was able to get my gas at 2.30 a.m. But that is definitely happening during COVID. And that's definitely something where they're polar opposites with these drive-in meets that Merrick is talking about at parking garages versus these meets where there it's a lot of modified tuner cars that are purchased for as cheap as possible and then modified until they can be run into the ground. So I've seen what Merrick is talking about firsthand and it's, and it'll be interesting to see how they solve this problem in the future and where the, where car spotting and what these automotive meets will look like in 2022. Another thing I want to add is right now I'm getting ready to show a Nissan Altima. I'm selling it for my uncle, Uncle Doug. And that has been an interesting process. I should have, this is a lesson to everyone who's listening if they already know this, but unfortunately I should have read the reviews on this shop because my uncle's Nissan Altima needed a new cam sensor to be replaced because the car wasn't turning on. So we used our AAA membership to get it towed to a shop that was, it's approximately three blocks from our house. But I found out two days ago when I picked it up that they are cash only, which is a little bit frustrating because I had to run in the bank. So that's first world problems, but ended up being a little bit more expensive. And within these next five minutes here at the time that we're recording this, I'm getting ready to head outside. So as we start to wrap things up, Sagey, Merrick, anything else you guys want to say? No, this has been a solid episode. Yep, solid episode. Thank you all for tuning in. If you want to listen to more content like this, stay tuned. Subscribe. I think you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow our Instagrams. Those will all be linked below. Thank you for tuning in. Peace.